In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Dan Purcell. And Dan is here to help you get your marriage on. Yes, Dan is here to talk about sex. Specifically, how you can enter into strengthening robust conversations about sexual intimacy in your marriage with your wife. Because too often, we feel embarrassed or sheepish when we get into those conversations. Dan wants you to know there's nothing to fear. He's here to give you a guide and a path that you can follow so you can enter into those conversations about sexual intimacy and strengthen your marriage. And he'll also share how his entrepreneurial journey and how a conversation with a potential client transformed his passion for computer science and entrepreneurship into a passion of helping couples in their marriage strengthen their sex life. My conversation with Dan Purcell starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall. I'm your host and founder of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Dan Purcell to the podcast. Dan is the founder of Get Your Marriage On and creator of the Intimately Us app and the Just Between Us app. You're going to hear about those in the show, but Dan is a marriage specialist. He and his wife, Emily, have created Get Your Marriage On to help married couples strengthen their relationships through positive, healthy, strengthening conversations about sex. Yes, guys, sex. You know that thing we don't want to talk to our wife about? We just want to involve ourselves in because we often don't know the answers. We don't know what questions to ask. And we often think we know more than we do. But Dan is here to give us a guide, give us a path to how we can enter into a practice in our home that is going to strengthen our sex lives and increase intimacy in our marriages. He is also going to tie in how his very unique entrepreneurial journey and his passions as an entrepreneur and business owner led him down a path where one awkward conversation with a business client transformed his trajectory forever and the trajectory of his family and his relationship with his wife. Listen to this episode. Take some notes. Listen to Dan. He's a guy with a ton of energy. I'm so excited to have him on here because, guys, we all need this guidance. We want to have a healthier sex life in our marriages. We want to increase intimacy with our wives so that we can live that fit, healthy, fulfilled life with our family. Guys, I want that for you. So listen closely. My conversation with Dan Purcell starts right now. Hi, Dan. It's good to see you. Welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. I'm glad to have you here. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's good. I, I love your energy. I love what you stand for. And I've loved the conversations that we've been able to have prior to this interview because I just, you know, as we were talking back and forth and your dad, your husband, you're passionate about those responsibilities in your life, but you're also a driven entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I admire that about you. And, and there's some similarities in your story that I can relate to. And I know that a lot of our listeners will relate to as well. So, Dan, why don't we take a moment right now? Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, 
uh, this is a chance to brag about your family, you know, a little about yourself, your family, and, and your background. Uh, I've been married 19 years, and my wife and I have six children, and our oldest is a senior in high school, soon to graduate high school, and he's a big, avid tennis player, so he's going to go play collegiate tennis. Amazing. And my youngest is five, and so it alternates boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. We have three of each. Yeah, that's fine. that's a great pattern. It's a great pattern. You couldn't you couldn't have planned it any better. No, <laughs> uh, I joke saying it took a lot of practice, but yeah. we we nailed down. We got the <laughs> pattern nailed. Let's see. We do. Um, we live in a beautiful part of the world, southern Utah, and uh, we're pretty outdoorsy. We like to go hiking, mountain biking, camping. Um, and we have a lot of national parks and state parks around us. So it's, it's a lot of stuff to do. I can imagine that with six kids, life is pretty busy and it's pretty active. Yes. Yep. Very active. Yep. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) And so you have six children. Your oldest is graduating from high school. That's an exciting adventure. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. I'm excited for him. I, I, uh, he's just really maturing a lot and I look forward to like, this next chapter with them. A lot of people like were worried about the teenage years with their kids, but to me, the teenage years have been really exciting and fun because of all the great things you can do with your kids. So that's the way I view it. And that's the way it's been, but I am sad because I'm going to miss him. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, uh-huh. and so he, he's your oldest. How old is your youngest? Five years old. Okay. So that's quite the spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have your hands full, you're on your feet quite a bit. You've been married 19 years. What's your wife's name? Emily. Emily. Awesome. So you and Emily have been married 19 years. You have an amazing family. Uh, what do you do together? I always, I'm curious when guys come on and they have a large family, what are some of the activities that you like to do? Because when you're speaking, getting into the outdoors, you're speaking my language and I'm always curious. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know, when you say get together, I mean, get together with just my wife or as a whole family? As a, as a family. Like if your family is like, heading into the weekend like what's uh-huh. what's the thing that you're looking forward to uh, there's a lot to do outdoors where we are so we do a lot of outdoors we did a hike the other day it was two miles in two miles out and we got to this uh natural forming arch that looks like an elephant trunk okay. and there's also another hole where the eye can be so it's this huge rock formation that looks like an elephant and uh so that was really cool incredible uh pickleball is really popular here and yeah. so uh, we play pickleball in the summer, just uh, swimming. We do a lot of swimming. Excellent. Um, uh, tennis. Uh, let's see. As a family, we like to play board games and card games. So, so, so typical family stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Typical family uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. But not, but not a typical family because, you know, you and your wife, Emily, are very uh, a passionate couple. And we'll get into that you know, a little bit later in your story, but why don't you, you share a little bit about, you know, before we get into, you know, get your marriage on intimately us and that, and that's where we're heading our conversation. Why don't you share a little bit about, you know, your background and what got you into, you know, the profession of being an entrepreneur and starting your business? Yeah. Entrepreneurship's always been interesting to me, partially because my dad is an entrepreneur also. So I kind of see him and I, so I kind of grew up with that kind of an idea. I've also really liked computers. Um, when I was 14 years old, I really wanted to take a computer programming class that my local community college was offering at the time. I don't know how I heard about it, or maybe my dad suggested it. 
I'm like, yeah, that's that really interests me. So he signed me up. And then a few days before class was supposed to start, this is like a summer class, by the way. And um, they got a call from the university or from the college saying uh, they didn't have enough students enroll. So unless they get more students before the start of the school day, they're going to have to, you know, cancel the class. And I was devastated. Yeah. So my dad signed himself up. He signed up my mom. He signed up my grandparents who didn't even live near us. And just enough people that they carried the class. And on the first day of class, he dropped, he dropped the class. He dropped everyone. But they had to carry the class because they had already started. Yeah, that's incredible. So like, so that's kind of the that I kind of grew up with. Like, Had your back. Yes, he had my back. But he was also very creative at, uh, at making things happen. Um, when I was in uh, further along in high school, our high school cheerleaders every year did a fundraiser on Valentine's Day called Data Match. They'd sit, pass out a personality test to the student body. You'd fill it out. They'd send it in. And they'd get results. And they'd tell you who you're most compatible with in your okay. class. And they'd sell the results for like $2 each or whatever. And everyone wanted to know. Like, yeah, that's incredible. Who's in it, what? right? That envelope is sealed. And you're like, what's in here? Yeah, that's a smart idea. But I, I went to them like, I can program that. I bet I could write a program that will do that whole like number crunching, like find you're compatible with. And I don't know how in the world I convinced them, but they said, yeah, you do it. So instead of sending it off to that other company, I did it. And so I made my own personality test and we distributed it to the student body. And uh, it's just like my first little business, right? There's so many things I didn't know at the time, like, um, I could write the program and it worked when I had like my test data set with like 30 uh, records. But when we expanded it to hundreds of records, my program would always crash. And so I had to like learn more computer programming beyond what I knew to get that. And I also didn't take into account how uh, intensive data entry is because yeah. we had hundreds of responses. You know, this is before the internet days. It was a hand, it was printed out all the, all the, uh, the survey info. So I hired my neighbor kid like 50 cents. Uh, <laughs> so I had to write another program for the data entry yeah. to give to him so he could do it at his house and bring it over like on a floppy disk or USB drive or something so I could load that data into the master program. But it was kind of fun. Like I could, I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could figure this out. And um, maybe it was a little bit of hubris, but because <laughs> I get into it and I don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. but, um, I guess that's the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like, absolutely. I, I can at least figure this out as I go, like that confidence in yourself. So I kind of developed that early on. And so you, you developed that, you started thinking that way, you're 14 years old and you're like, yeah, I can do this. I can, you know, I uh-huh. have interesting computers. You get into high school, you create this program for a fundraiser mm-hmm. that ends up being, maybe your first like side gig where you bring uh-huh. a neighbor kid in. Uh, did you follow that passion with computers into post-secondary university? Yes, I did. Uh, so I had got my degree in computer science and I graduated with like a 3.96 GPA. Like I got That's straight cool. A's except for an A minus or something. Okay. I was a really good student, but You're I worked really hard. volunteered for a summer course. So well, I, 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 I can I was see passionate that about it. Right. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> so, I wouldn't volunteer for a math class or yeah, an English class. Yeah, <laughs> it was just something fun. Um, so I had that um, 
that drive, but I was also a good student, meaning I spent a lot of time on my homework. And when I graduated, the most amazing, interesting thing happened to me that I just did not see coming. And I had something called free time. Can you believe it? Free time. (laughs) What is this stuff? (laughs) I know. There's no group project due. There's no program due. There's no paper to write. There's no like textbook I had to read or whatever. It's like, I could just do whatever. And I got a job right out of college doing some software as a software engineer for a computer security company. And so I'd go to work in the morning, come home in the evening, and it was just my wife and I, and our son was about to be born, but I had this free time. I'm like, how am I, what am I going to do? And continuing my education was important to me. And I seriously toyed with the idea of getting a master's degree until I realized a master's in computer science, you don't write very much you don't you don't write a lot of programs you just write a lot of research papers that's like the last thing i want to do i want to write i wanted to code i didn't want to write papers about coding yeah. <laughs> so i like well what can i learn that school won't teach me and so i was earning some money for the first time in my life around then and um just interested in business in general so i picked up a few books and my dad recommended i read rich dad poor dad And there's a part in the book where he talks about his wife wanting to get a fancy car, like a Mercedes or something. But in their marriage, they had agreed that they wouldn't just go buy and spend money on, he calls them doodads, or liabilities. We're just not going to just do that. So, But she really wanted the car. So instead of the cash she would otherwise spend on the car, like she found an investment and put that money in the investment instead. And the interest she gained from that investment was enough to pay for the monthly car payments without losing the principal of the investment. So it's like getting a free car for her. Right. Right. I'm like, brilliant. That's such a great idea. I want to do that in my life, but I don't have the money for a car. But what can I do? But like, what do I have around me that I can turn into an asset to make it pay for itself, essentially? So, uh, the obvious one, of course, is our home internet connection, which we're paying like sixty-five about sixty-five dollars a month for, right? Yeah. Like I can I can make money off my internet, so I, I bought a like a really cheap computer, <laughs> put it in the basement, and I started calling my friends and say, "Hey, I started a web hosting company. Switch your website hosting over to me." I just didn't tell them it, I was hosting websites on a computer <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a sixty-five dollar a month right. <laughs> internet. <laughs> But my thinking was if I got like 10 bucks a month here and 15 bucks a month there, if I got enough of it, it would add up. We just share the internet connection, right? These aren't high traffic sites. So um, I could use the internet while I'm hosting sites and whatever. It's just internet. So um, I would get free internet because I have other people paying my internet bill because I turned my liability of my internet bill into an asset. That was kind of my thinking. And um, I went through with that plan (laughs) and it worked, (laughs) except I didn't realize, too, that people didn't just want websites hosted. They want websites updated and changed and improved and even new websites made. So and I don't know how to tell people no. So I would like (laughs) I would make these updates for them. And and uh, I guess they liked what I did because they started referring their friends to me. So in a short amount of time, I had like a side job doing website design and I loved it. Uh, Website design and updating while I had my day job. 
So it got to the point where uh, I couldn't fulfill all the work. So I hired uh, some help, some part-time help from the college I had just graduated from. And at one point, I think I had an army of like four or five part-timers and one of the part-timers went full-time and I would wake up at 6 a.m. and I'd run downstairs to the computer and I'd just set up the day for my team. Like, hey, Joe, you need to take care of this. And Josh, remember that. And and so on and so on. They give everyone their assignments. And uh, I'd go to work. Uh, During my lunch break, I would like check on them all the time. How's it going? Then come home, family, dinner time or whatever. My wife's tired from you know a busy day for her. She's asleep, and I'd go back down and I'd work till like midnight. And this is just going on like week after week after week. And my Saturdays are consumed with my new side business, and uh, that's kind of where my heart was. And, it's interesting uh, you use the word consumed because I, uh-huh. and I think that's an important word to recognize right now because you found something you were passionate about and you're excited about, and now you're just diving in. And we will often do that where we'll just dive in and we won't think about <laughs> other stuff. And, but you also said, I'm, I was, you know, consumed by this, but it was still your side thing. Mm-hmm. So I when can imagine it, balancing that. It occupies my brain space. Like when I have nothing else to think about, what do you think about? Well, I think about my business. Like yeah. how are we going to solve this problem? How are we going to find more clients? How are we going to, you know, recruit more help? You know, just things like that. It's just, that was fun. Probably things that your dad taught you or you saw in your dad too growing up, right? They probably, probably yeah. always thinking, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, very different industry than what my dad pursued. But yeah, still it's like, hey, we can make this happen. Like there's a world of possibility here. What can we do with it? And it's kind of fun, creative work. And when I figured out how to get enough business to support my family, I made the decision to leave the security of that, you know, nice, comfortable, full-time job to do my own thing. And it was a very scary move. And it was tough the first few years. I don't know how we did it, but we eked out an existence. <laughs> we had savings, thank goodness. And we had no, uh, like, we didn't have car payments. Our only, like, uh, we only had a mortgage as far as debt goes. So things were, like, in that sense, we were really blessed with that. And I married a woman who knows how to live frugally, too. So, um in fact, in our marriage, I'm more the spender than she is. Yeah. But uh, I was just grateful that we could kind of make that happen. It was a real struggle and a grind for the first few years. Wow. And so you leave your full-time job. You have this side thing that's become your business. And so how long did this business last? Is it still going? Like, What was the trajectory? Yeah, that was 17 years ago, and it's still going. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now not- it's it's evolved, of course, over the years. It, that business uh, doing website design grew and grew. Uh, there are years we'd have 50% growth year after year, like three or four years in a row. We got to the point where we had 32 employees. Um, most, if not all of the employees were local. Like we would, So we kind of bucked the trend of a lot of businesses did remote work. We wanted a different kind of a team, a different kind of a culture. Most of us were um, in-house and we had over 800 clients uh, all over the world. And we just did a lot of like really nice custom website development for these clients. And so then this I, business, mm-hmm. it 
So you have this business, you have 32 people working for you and you're doing custom work. People are happy with it. Did you ever feel like getting out of it? Uh, I got really burnt out because there was a big problem with my business model in that, uh, in essence, we're no different than maybe an accounting firm or a law firm where we offer a professional service, but we're trading our hours for dollars. So let's say we were on track, say we made $2 million in a year as a company. If I wanted to get to double that to 4 million, I would have to somehow figure out how to double our billable hours. And that meant going from 32 employees to 64 employees, which is a, another order of magnitude more complex. Right. And so the scale of that wasn't as interesting. And it ironically, um, uh, we made the same profit margin as a smaller company as we did when we were a bigger company. So wow. having more employees didn't necessarily yield more profit. Hmm. So um, scale, scaling a business model like that, just I couldn't figure out how to do that effectively with with what we with the resources we have. So yeah, I did feel like getting out of it. Like it was a little of the at there's a point where it's uh, I guess burnout. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, oh, I'm working so hard for so little. That kind of a feeling kind of kind of haunts you at times. And that's when you start daydreaming about a McDonald's job or a janitor at a school job. Sounds so good right now. <laughs> like, you where you don't go, have to you think. work, you go home. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was like, it's because uh, you go to work usually and it's like, there's fires to put out. And 70% of my time and effort is like dealing with that than just like what you're being creative. About. Right, right. It's kind of sucked the fun out of it. And um, can I, I say, can, sorry, yeah. can I ask a question? Because I think this is important for some of the guys mm -hmm. on here to hear. Because there's guys listening to this right now who want to start their side gig or they have an idea of how they're going to impact the life of other guys around them or fathers. And maybe they have a side business, you know, and then they hear people who are doing, and I can give an example. You're like, you hear on social media, this marketing, you'll see every business coach, sponsored coach, get to your first $10,000 a month, get your 20,000. There's all these numbers, right? Uh -huh. But they don't understand that just because on the top line, it says you're making this month much per month in your business doesn't necessarily mean that's going into your pocket. And you mentioned that you built this business that was doing quite well, but your profit margins hadn't increased as much, but you had a much larger business and you were putting more time to what you weren't passionate about. And I think it's a, it's a fair warning for people to know that business isn't always rainbows and butterflies and things that are going to be great. It requires you to be, like you say, consumed by it, work hard in it, push hard in it, but realize that sometimes you have to realize that the time I'm putting in isn't, isn't worth what I'm getting out. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's a little silver silver lining because I got a knock, actually an invitation to lunch. Someone had just moved to my town from a bigger city and they were setting up shop and they had a software company that was just on the verge of, they thought it was just on the verge of taking off. They got a huge, signed a big contract with a big shipping company mm. and uh, expected like, huge growth in their business and their big problem is recruiting and they look over the you know at me and like how in the world do you have like so many programmers and like designers and marketing people like you have such a great machine how did you do that 
so I shared with them, like, this is how I recruit and this is kind of what we do. And this is kind of our company culture and why people are attracted to our company and things like that. And we left that lunch with them asking if I'm interested in selling my company, not because they were interested in web design, but because they needed programmers and marketing people and graphic designers and all the management layers in between and sales staff and everything that I had that they could just plug into their company they want to make a team. Right. So they can scale fast. Otherwise, they'd have to piece together a team slowly, like I did. It's just, and they, they, they thought they could get some investor money. And like, this was their do or die moment. We, without people, we're not going to survive. Right. So we need, we need this. And uh, so I put on my best poker face and like, oh, I'll think about it. But inside, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Buy my <laughs> company. So good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, so I sold my company to them and the conditions of my sell were uh, 10% upfront and the balance um, due over 18 months, but I would accrue interest. So if they can make those payments earlier, then they don't have to pay as much kind of an idea. And I was so thrilled. So uh, my wife and I, this was a life-changing amount of money too. We're going to really make a lot of money. So my wife and I like made a plan like, we're going to pay off our mortgage completely. So we're going to be completely debt-free, put away money for our kids, for their uh, mission funds, for their college funds. I was going to take care of, uh, and maybe have some money left over for a fancy car. I really wanted a Tesla. Like, you know, I really wanted that. Like, this is going to be so cool. And we could do it as all. We can do it all. <laughs> I was just so excited. Yeah. So uh, we all went to work for the new company and it was pretty good because, for the first time in a very long time, I got a paycheck. Can you believe that? Like, <laughs> they would pay me money yeah. to work there. I didn't have to like, I didn't just get the leftovers of what I was for them on. Like, I was guaranteed this amount of money. But I quickly learned that I'm not a great employee. And here's here's some of the things I learned working for them. No matter how hard I worked or how little, like whether I did the minimum or I like poured my heart into my work, I got paid the same. Like, wow, that was a big revelation. So I wasn't motivated. Like if I have creative energy, I wanted to put it in other stuff. So I quickly found a, side, a little side business to kind of put my creative energy into as my creative outlet. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it wasn't anything big, but I just some inventions or whatever I had in my mind. But I like, I wouldn't bring, I'd probably bring like 70% of my creativity work, but not a hundred percent because, hey, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then another thing I learned too is um, I do really well, not as a cog in a machine personally, but I do really well directing, uh, envisioning. I'm the visionary type, I'm not the execution type. Um, and, and good businesses need both, and they're right. both equally valuable. But I was right. put into more of a worker role, not a visionary role i guess you could say and so although i do have skills and i could do that role really well i it wasn't i think fit to my talents to the best capacity but uh it was a good company and heck i'm half the guys there are people i i love right these are my these are my these are my people people. right exactly um 11 months later in 11 months into this, again, our agreement's 18 months, then I yes. get that payout. 11 months in, the owner, he says, hey, 
can I take you to lunch? And he never takes me to lunch. Uh oh. Like, uh oh, this is, and this is on a Friday. Yeah. And it's like, okay, all right, let's go. So he takes me to lunch and he basically tells me over lunch that um, they have no money left. They have just enough to make payroll on Monday. Uh, He's going to have to lay off uh, everyone except for like a skeleton crew. Um, And the reason why he's taking me to lunch is basically telling me there's absolutely no way he can ever pay me what what he owes me. And um, that was pretty sad. I cried in the closet for a weekend. And um, you can experience all those range of emotions, right? Because as a business owner, when you start a business, you put your heart and soul into building this thing. Yeah. And then uh, you pull all-nighters. I thought all-nighters ended at college, but no, they don't. No. In my business, I, there's there's those. There's uh, just... Uh, it works so hard. And so when someone wants to buy your company, it's like you're on a high, right? Yeah. It's like all that work is now worth it. I'm right. finally seeing something that I can feel. It's like, ha, ah, I can look to this. It's like, this, it made everything lead up to that worth it. So that was like the high. And then to find out that's taken from you is is a huge low. And so that was a, a big, um, so that was pretty sad. But he's firing everyone or letting everyone go, right? And these are yeah. good people. These are these are my people. Those are your these people. Are like, and this is your some, baby. You right. This. this is some skilled people, right? So I cherry picked the three best programmers I had ever hired and said, Hey, let's go start over. Let's start a new company together. And so that so we did that, and that was 2006. And so uh so we did. And ever since then, yeah. So that's kind of the reboot of that company. It's amazing. And here you still continue. Uh, passionate about what you're doing, but I do have some questions before we get into what's happening now for you, because I think we can't lose sight of the fact that you have many children in your home (laughs) (laughs) and a wife who wants you at home and wants you to be Mm -hmm. present. And it sounds like you are a through and through entrepreneur. Like you want to hustle, you're creative, you're driven, Uh, not to say that you're not a a loving present dad, but I'm sure it was difficult in those times, especially when you had these dreams of like, Hey, we're going to get bought. They're going to buy this company. We have all these things we want to do. And then they wrecked it. (laughs) Yes. uh, (laughs) And these are your people. And -hmm. you're like, okay, we're going to start over again. Here we go. And you probably had the spark in you, but at the same time, you had to be dad and you had to be a husband. How did Mm -hmm. you balance that? Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at DMD Mastermind. 
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Uh, not very well. <laughs> I don't know. You know how I told you early on uh, when I started my side hustle right out of college? Um, like, I'd get up really early and do some work and then yeah. come. And that yeah. night after my wife's asleep, I'd stay up later and do work. Yeah. Like that became a habit. And so that became like the operating way we did life for like 12 years. Hmm. And so, um, but I, I still spent, luckily, I live in a smallish town where like my commute to work is like 10 minutes. It's not horrible. Like you hear about people in traffic for a half Hours. hour each way. Right, exactly. Um, um, and I just did not work on Sundays, never did. So Sunday, it was always open and I would try to limit my Saturday work. And so, um, ironically, Saturdays were my busiest day of the week because that's the day I crammed everything else in like housework, laundry, like, uh, shopping, uh, like everything. And like, all right, let's take a, this kid on a date and I'd kind of have a schedule, right? It's your turn. Let's go have fun or whatever. Yeah. And I'm kind of a high energy person anyway. So like Saturday comes, I got it like planned out. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to have fun with this and whatever. So I guess I don't think I was a neglectful dad, but it, I, I also have a very patient wife who probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have said anything to me if yeah. I was off balance. So looking back, there's definitely things I could have done better at, but amongst all that, I still managed to uh, have a pretty good relationship with my kids. I think, um, although uh, what happened next kind of put everything upside down. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. So what happened st- next? So started this new company with with the remnants of my old company after that company that bought us out like ran out of money and a few months later uh again i'm hustling right i'm doing everything i can to find find work um a couple comes in to my office and wants to hire us to make an app but not just an app they want us to make a game for them okay and we're thinking like video game like angry birds or you know bejeweled or like like video game like an app and we're like so excited because every nerd's computer programmer's dream is to get paid to make a game. <laughs> <laughs> so we have no idea what, what we're, so we're in this meeting and it's, it's not a game like that. It's a bedroom game, AKA okay. a sex game. And one thing you got to know about me is that's probably the least, that's probably the last thing you'd ever hear me like wanting to get <laughs> involved in. Yeah. I was blushing through the whole meeting. Like, I can't believe this really. Um, but there was something really sincere about this couple. Cause they're telling me, Dan, ever since we really worked on our sex life, our marriage has really taken off. Like the bond between us is stronger than ever. We're having more fun. Like we communicate better. We parent together. Like, there's just so much goodness to this. And by the way, here's websites that we found with really good info. You should check them out. Oh wow! There's like these sex position sites, you know, they're not that graphic. Like you can check this out and like- How comfortable this... were you with that? Totally not. Like, I don't even Google my sex questions. Like, <laughs> You're too scared <laughs> of what's gonna I'm afraid what's gonna come. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh my goodness, this is like a landmine, but is it not? 
because there's this couple sitting there like you know opposite bearing their testimony to me so to speak of how amazing their uh relationship this, is yes and how good sex is and it was just like a concept that i just could not like i would not be comfortable with that years before so i went home that night and said hey emily what do you think what do you think about this stuff and that what opened the opened a new chapter in our life that we never really considered before and i learned a lot because we we, we stayed up for to like 2 a.m that night talking about our intimate life our mm. our sex life and yeah. everything else it's probably the most vulnerable conversation we've had in our marriage to that point yeah. at this level and what i learned a lot from emily in there is how much she values time with me and how you know what the love languages have you heard of the five yes, love uh, languages before so if I were to, if we did the quiz around this time and number one for me was like physical touch. Yeah. And the last one for me was quality time. Okay. And Many my guys. wife was flip. Yeah. Flip flopped the opposite way. Number one for her is quality time. And the last was like quality, like physical touch. I don't know if that was it, but the point is what value, what she found valuable from me was the thing that I found hardest to give up, which was quality time, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm ambitious. I've got big goals. I want to earn that Tesla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Whatever. I want, like, I'm going to, I got to hustle now. And I want to put all this time and energy and creative, uh, my creative energy into building this company. It, but I was giving her my, excuse me, I was giving her my leftovers. Yeah. And that's but you probably didn't feel that way. You probably felt you were doing the right thing for what you wanted for you and your family and you're pushing because in your personality, that's who you are. And if you felt a little uncomfortable getting into the, the conversation with the couple, like I know a lot of guys will feel that way, Dan, like the, you mentioned the love languages. Guys will say physical touch. Like that often comes out as like the number one for many guys, but they don't. And then it flip flops for their wife who's quality time guys like well i do give you time I'm like yeah well 10 minutes at the end of the day to talk about how the day went isn't quality time no it's different it's yeah there's uh you 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 said like dan but you probably at the time thought you were doing the right thing and if i were to be really honest with myself work became like uh i'm not i'm gonna use the word addiction but i don't mean like no i like know. okay dependency yep. addiction right it's like more like um you know how things like to be in homeostasis like yes. right i was comfortable when i had a lot going on i'm i'm more comfortable when i have too much going on if there's not too much going on i start to feel uncomfortable i go on vacation where there's nothing going on and i'm just jittery the whole time <laughs> <laughs> right because i'm more comfortable when there's a lot going on right so i would create circumstances in my life i'd manifest these things where i would always overbook myself i would always overextend myself and because i was comfortable being overextended yeah and i think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into this trap because from the outside in it looks like you're being productive or look right. how creative you're being or look at what you can produce right and there's, there's, you feel good in that, but it's, um, and, but you're comfortable in this element, but it's not necessarily balanced. 
And that's what I had. That's what I learned uh, that night from my wife. Amazing. So it it is about sex, but it isn't just about sex. It's about um, building an intimate connection where you're a full partner with your spouse. So where did get your marriage on come from, from that conversation? Um, so kind of, so again, we're both really skeptical, but we both realized that when it comes to sex, there's a lot more we can learn that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. So being courageous entrepreneur venture like type people are like, all right, let's figure this baby out. <laughs> So we we bought some books. We're both Christians, so we kind of picked in the same Christian-friendly genre. And actually, we found some really helpful books. Usually, they're really shy, but no, th- we found a really good one that kind of like explained like certain technique. Like I didn't know certain things. Like I just really didn't. Yeah, I'm so ashamed to admit it. But no one talked about these things growing up, and I don't have friends that talk about it openly. If they did, I'd shut down the conversation. Maybe not listen. Right. So have that friend, you know, open up about their sex lives made me realize, my goodness, there's more to this. So um, I did. Um, we we read some books together and we started trying out some stuff together and it worked. And it was like, holy smokes, that's pretty cool. What else is there? So we yeah. try other things. So we were like being really adventurous and trying new things. And and all that creative energy that I'd reserved for work was now like whoop, redirected towards my marriage and towards my wife Amazing. because yeah. And then, um, so I'd get really creative in the bedroom and out of the bedroom and we're starting to like, not just go on a date, like dinner and movie, but like a really creative elaborate date that took more preparation because I love this woman. <laughs> I want to have fun with her. Yeah. And so, um, we talk about return on investment all the time, especially when business folks like return on happiness, I guess you can say, what do you invest in that gives you happiness right. and work and building businesses really did bring me a lot of joy and happiness, but for every unit of, of investment, the happiness yield was far higher in my relationship with my wife than yeah. any other thing that I've done. Yeah. So I want to put more into my relationship with my wife because this is great. And so Within a few months, I'd say two or three months, our marriage, we, we experienced with that couple in my office, it was experiencing like our bond was closer together. Like we're getting along better. We're so flirty with each other. We're Twitter pated and yeah. our kids can tell a difference. Right. <laughs> and uh, the sky is all of a sudden bluer. The grass is greener too. Like all these other things in life just yeah. start clicking. Like, holy smokes, this is so good. How come people aren't talking about this? Like, everyone stop listen (laughs) you got to work on this this is so good and um uh get your marriage on started uh in part because there isn't a lot of stuff for marriage and enrichment in our area Mm um so i'll try to make this short there's another conference in our area that they've done for a few years called um the utah coalition against pornography Okay, and they bring in speakers and experts. It's like a it's like a conference, like breakouts and keynotes, all about pornography and its dangers or whatever. And I'd attend, um, uh, like half the town. I don't know. There's a lot of people that would go, and I'd I'd walk away so scared, like scared for my life, scared for my kids. Like yeah. that's it. We're canceling the internet. Like yeah. Yeah. 
don't go outside kids it's a dangerous world yeah. <laughs> this feeling is so like closed in like we is like i went to a session about human trafficking i'm like oh, oh this man. is horrible and yeah. then another one about like snapchat and within teens i'm like oh my oh, goodness what's yeah. going on like so like the world's coming to an end that's how i felt right and i did not feel like being intimate with my wife after attending that conference mm. but my personal experience which i don't deal with pornography personally but it's not part of my story but if i ever was tempted to that temptation is almost zero now that what I have in my marriage is so authentic because everything else looks counterfeit. Yeah. So, so I went to my my friend who's a marriage therapist helping with pornography. And he's also one of the guys that organizes this big conference. Like, you know what you need to do at your conference? Get rid of all those speakers and have speakers that talk about how to have a great sex life. Like detailed, like how to, like ABC technique. Like yeah, yeah. this is how you rub this way or <laughs> this is the right position. Like that's what we need because that, if anything, insulated me, like whatever. And he he laughs and chuckles like, you're right, except this is the wrong forum for that because there are couples that are really hurt by this. And this is like... They don't even know their spouse anymore because trust is eroded. So telling them to go home and have more sex would actually be counterproductive. Yeah. Not not helping their healing. But he's like, but you could start a conference. Okay. I'm like, yeah, right. Me? Like, yes, I don't I know will. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a thing. I'm just an introvert. I don't know a thing about conferences or anything. So, you know, you can kind of know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. We put on a conference and we had 550 people attend for our first conference. And that That's was amazing. It was amazing. And it was upbeat. It was fun. Uh, we had really fun prizes. We had great speakers. And we needed a name for it. So we called it Get Your Marriage On. Kind of like, it's a little edgy. So good. Yeah, I like uh, it. It's like, go get it on. But it's like, yeah. Get Your Marriage On. It's, anyway, so yeah. yeah, so we did. That's where Get Your Marriage On originated. And so here you have this, like, I want to call it a newfound passion. You've always had passion for your wife. But this newfound passion together to create this intimate relationship with each other. You're excited about sharing what you've discovered with other people. And now you step into where you can take your skills and your expertise and your background and blend it together with your newfound, like creative energy for your relationship with your wife. And you created something really cool, right? Yes. It's called the Intimately Us app is one of them. Yes. It's one mobile. Yeah. Uh It's a mobile app. It's free to download. Uh, it's available for Android and iPhone, and it is a really fun app to just spice things up in the bedroom without all the yuck. So yeah. that's uh, there's games in there, there's how tos and activities, there's ways you can track things with, about each other, and it's just some fun. We just added sex positions the other day too. So there's like it keeps growing and expanding with more information. Yeah, I got to share with the listeners something that's kind of funny. I. A friend of mine recommended this to this app to me about, yeah, I, I want to say eight months ago. I'm not quite sure. It was quite some time ago and I put it on my phone, I had the notifications and I have it open here on my phone. I never open my phone during the interview, but I want to share with the people listening. Like it's, it's great. And I use it and I need, I think I need to share with my wife that I use it because you have a, a challenge each day. And yesterday's was great. It was like high five your spouse every time you walk by them. So I guess <laughs> high fiving Kim hey, all day. And at the end of the day, she's like, what was that about? That was kind of fun. And so I was like, oh, well, actually here it is. And so I, I've had this app on my phone for quite some time. 
And when I reached out to Dan to be on the podcast, because I knew he was doing amazing things, I started going down the rabbit hole. Like I always research my guests and, and I know that you've done such good work in this area and uh, you were highly recommended to come on. I'm like, okay, I got to get him to tell a story. And then I looked through the things you've done. I'm like, hold up a second. I have this app on my phone. So it was really cool to, to be able to connect with them for a full circle that full way. Circle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. So, so if you're out, if you're listening to this right now, as soon as you're done this, go download the Intimately Us app. It is great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we've built apps. Another app we've done in the space is called Just Between Us. It's a chat app for couples like me. We have kids and yeah. my wife and I like to flirt over text messaging. Um, and so we don't want our kids seeing what we message each other. So it's okay. a completely password protected, double encrypted app and what makes it different from any other chat app out there is it only lets you pair it with one other person only so wow. you can't accidentally send something to someone else oh, even man. on that same platform so right after the send button when you're like come back come back come back yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so no sending something to your kid's principal or um uh <laughs> your mother-in-law <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and it does photos as well as video too so excellent so Intimately us and just between just us. between us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And then they get, so with get your marriage on you, do you still have conferences and you still are doing this? Yes. We've switched to more retreats. We found retreats Amazing. to be more effective. Yeah. Uh, I do coaching. So I've been coaching for about two years, couples, and I love working with couples and helping them. Most of my clients are couples in marriages where one person wants sex and the other one doesn't or there's a difference in desire. And I help both of them look at their dynamic and see how they're both contributing to the problem so they can fix it. Yeah, very cool, very cool. What, any other projects on the go right now? Uh, we have a, a podcast called Get Your Marriage On. And it's a kind of a spicy podcast, okay, but it's, I would say it's uh, a married PG. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> or married PG-13, I guess you could say. Uh, if you're married, it's we, we duck, we're not shy about talking about many certain many topics, but really focusing on especially the relationship and the dynamic uh, with couples on those things. Incredible. It's incredible to hear where your journey has taken you because you know, we think back to the beginning of this conversation and you're just a guy who was like really driven and passionate about creating using technology. And mm -hmm. it led you into a job that yeah, wasn't really fulfilling the creative side of things. And so you started a side gig. And then that became the thing that you dove into. You went through that experience of selling it, not selling it, starting it over again. And yet it comes back into your life where you can use this skill set to make a huge impact in the relationship and strengthen your family long term. And now you're yeah. helping other couples and families do the same. And it's incredible. So good on you, man. I, I think this is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. So. I think my next question for you, Dan, is, you know, as a dad, you have all these things going on, you know, business things and mm -hmm. they're amazing things. But as a dad personally, what's an area of growth that you're passionate about right now or something that you're focused on? Um, for me, it is, uh, I'll get a little vulnerable real quick, but, um, you know, like, a, I feel like a fruit tree that needs a good pruning. Mm. I... I have energy, I have ideas, and creation is where I thrive, or so I think. 
So I like to put off new branches, new branch, new branch, new branch. But pretty soon the tree doesn't look like a tree anymore. It looks like this big mess. So in fact, ouch, this has been what I've been working on lately is just uh, uh, journaling all the things that are on my mind and all the things that I'm going through and mm. really working on a pruning project. Of all the things I have going on, what can I cut back on? Because uh, if you like a good tree won't produce great fruit if it's growing everywhere. Right. So I'm trying to prune. Yeah, I love it. That's good. And, and that includes being a dad, like of, of my brain space. I don't want uh, I don't want to be so starved that I don't give my family the attention my family needs. Yeah. Amazing. So that's great. And man, that power of journaling, it, there'll be people listening to this. I don't journal, but that is such a powerful tool. So, mm -hmm. yeah, dig into that. Um, man, I, I really appreciate our conversation. I appreciate I love just listening to your story because you do bring a lot of energy and you do bring like a sense of humor in a way that's like just natural and it's genuine. And I really appreciate our conversation. And I know that that guys listening to this have appreciated it as well. If there's men listening to this right now or women who are listening to this on behalf of their husbands, <laughs> you know, uh, where, where can they find you? Where can they find more information about intimately us, just between us, get your marriage on? Where can they find us? In the podcast. The, web, the website is getyourmarriageon.com. The okay. podcast is called Get Your Marriage On. And I'm on Instagram at Get Your Marriage On. Um, another great way to find it is just search the app store for Intimately Us. Excellent. Yeah, definitely go get that up. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we'll make sure that all that contact information is in the show notes down below. So uh, if you didn't catch that, check the notes. We'll have all the links. We'll have everything that, uh, that Dan's talked about today. We'll have it all linked up there for you. Dan, thank you for taking the time today and making the time away from your family. Uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.